All right, are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Do I sound okay? Mm hmm Great. Do. I'm not too loud. No, you can be whatever you like because I have a separate track for you now and I can just <laughs> uh, turn you down <laughs> if <Okay>. I need to. <laughs> it's not usually what people tell me, but I'm glad to know. No. I, I can be loud. I can be loud <laughs> in one aspect. You can be as loud as you like, my baby. Okay. All right. <laughs> everyone, welcome to season two, episode 10 of Belgariad and Beyond, the show where we explore magical worlds chapter by chapter, beginning with the Belgariad series of books by David Eddings. My name is Sandra Turnbull, I'm from the Goddess Kindled Universe. And this season we're reading book two of the series, Queen of Sorcery, and um, today we're diving into chapter nine. And here with me is yeah. Alicia. Hi! Hi, Sandra. I was like, I just kept going, kept going, kept going. It's okay. That's the intro. I know. I'm a bit excited. I'll tell you about that later. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> does that have to do with your what your cup is? Yes, it does. Okay. Well, why don't you go first and share us what's in your cup this week? <sighs> okay. So, Paul Gara's cup. <laughs> This week in my potion is strawberry fizz with a surprise at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I had a phone call this morning, well, a video call, which is what I do with my family on the other side of the world. And my older daughter had some wonderful news. She is coming to Europe next year for my wedding. Oh, wow. And this is like super, super exciting. I haven't held her in my arms since she was 15 years old. And she's 22, she's 21 now. 21. Oh my goodness. Oh, she, I don't even know how old my daughter is. 21. I'm pretty sure she's 21, 22. I have to do some sums. Anyway, <laughs> I'm very excited. That is, that's really awesome. That's a long time to go. Oh, tell so me I can imagine. It. Tell me about it. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, I might be a bit dizzy today and not the bad kind of dizzy, the good kind of dizzy where I just babble and bubble. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's fun. What, do you guys have the date yet for your wedding or not? Yes, the 20th of April. Oh, okay, April 20th. That sounds like someone's birthday, I know. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. That's me. <laughs> that's me. That's all my potion. I don't have any other thing in my potion today. Okay. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good one. I mean, that's a lot to celebrate. So yes. Uh, mine, my cup is also kind of a celebration drink. Um, I put a bubbly, alcohol-free, pur purple wine. <laughs> Somebody could invent alcohol-free wine. That sounds I like love grape juice, darling. <laughs> that just sounds no, like grape juice. Not grape juice. No, it has to be bubbly. It has to be, I mean, wine's not even bubbly, but I just want to invent this drink because then I could enjoy wine again to an extent. But my book that I've been working on that's part two in the series is done as of this morning. You do not have to be circumspect. Give us the title. Uh, the Raven Dream. I mean, The Raven Wars. Thank <laughs> I you. I still want to go to The Raven Dreams. Yeah, The Raven Wars. It's book two. And I finished the last of the proofread this morning. So it just needs to be formatted. The cover just needs to be finished. And it's going to be out in the world on October 1st. Which the is day before my birthday. Really? Happy oh. birthday to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. It felt so good to like save that file and just mm -hmm. say like, it's, it's done. I don't have to go in there anymore. Cause it, it's been a long time. Like I started writing this draft 
probably six years ago is when the first book was published. So I started writing this draft probably about five years ago, got halfway through it. And then I just ignored it for like four years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I came back to it earlier this year and finished the draft. And now it's done. Like it's done. So that's so exciting. Congratulations, sweetheart. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be, and I can't wait to have, have it in my hands, you know? Oh, I know. That's exciting. It's so exciting. (laughs) Oh, the other thing, this is what made me super excited. I just have to read this really quick because it like made my night last night. Um, One of my advanced readers emailed me last night because she finished the book already. Oh my goodness. And she said this and it just made me so giddy. So here's what she said. Wow. What an adventure that was. I loved it so much. I can't wait to get a hard copy of this for my collection. I laughed. I cried. It made me feel the love. What a, what a writer you have turned into. You have a great talent for telling stories. Oh, that's so so wonderful. That kind of feedback. That's like, (gasps) yeah, that's the stuff right there. She's been with me since the beginning, since I started, you know, and and published The Raven Dreams, which was my first book ever published. And so that was huge to like hear her say that, you know, she's noticed the growth too. And I I love that. That means a lot to me. Is this anyone that I know? No. Okay. No. Somebody That's so here. wonderful. Oh, really? Yeah. Listeners, yeah. this is how you make an author really, really, really freaking happy. <laughs> yeah. Just a simple email. Say I loved your book. Yep. Seriously. It can carry us for weeks. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. So Garion's View. Can you give us the chapter summary, darling? Yeah, so this chapter, chapter nine, it was interesting to me. Uh, they they continue on the road, and they're on their way to Bomimbra. There's there's an interesting moment at the beginning that that's confusing at first, that makes sense later. But Garion has this sensation all of a sudden that he doesn't know what he's doing there, and he needs to just get away from these people who are all strangers to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we later find out that there's a raven following them who is Chamdar. And it seems like Chamdar put some kind of spell on Garion. Mm-hmm. Um, but we get to see Aunt Paul use her magic again with Chamdar, which is fun. Um, and then there's also this moment where they pass a castle of some type. I don't know if it's a castle. That's the word they use. But Mandarellen sees the woman standing there and goes to meet her. And then we get like a little bit of a story about him and this, this woman. And then it ends with them arriving at Vomimbre. So I'm excited to see the next chapter. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was it. Okay. So the next part of the, sh- Oh, sorry. That was me moving something on my desk. It wasn't anything rude. I promise. <laughs> the next part of our show is called wolf's wisdom and this is the part of the show where we dive down into the chapter and talk about talk about it in more depth and the characters and we pull it apart a little bit Mm -hmm. so yeah chapter nine so yeah the at the start tell me tell me how when you started reading it like you tell me how this struck you because i it does feel confusing at the start, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought because they're on the road and the way it's described, it feels to me, I imagine it like really dry and they've been, they're going like leagues and leagues and leagues and who knows what they have to eat and drink. I thought maybe he was like delusional from too much heat or not drinking Mm -hmm. enough, not eating enough or something like that. And he was just starting to kind of lose it. Mm -hmm. Um, well, even so that's from being tired, first. like being yeah. sleep deprived can make you a bit nuts. Yeah. So I assumed it was all of that going on. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was kind of funny the way he just, he gets so paranoid and just starts running away from them. 
I thought it was a little funny. I do like the um the way that it throws air. It's like it's so it's so well written. I think it's completely. Garion is this other. Um, it's like he's he's suddenly amongst a group of strangers, and they're yeah. all terrifying. They're all really scary, and the and it the the David Eddings writes all of the um, like plays up all of the uh, the more scary aspects of the people like what Mm -hmm. it might look like to someone who doesn't know where they are and why and feels like it's being taken away by this group of people who you know all of a sudden really I could I can totally see this serious faces of Polgara and like how scary Barrack must look to someone who's never seen him before and Mm -hmm. if we remember back to when Gary did first meet him he did run away because he was really tired and overwrought and he's like giant and he took off so it's yeah. not such a such a like the the i the confusion you had at the start like the idea that he might have been um um delirious or something that's yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah it makes sense and then when we learn that it was the spell it, it's i mean in a sense he is delirious it's just a different cause it's not caused from Mm. you know lack of sleep or food or water it's caused from this enchantment or or whatever this guy does to his head and remember when I was sort of I was belaboring the medallion like the amulet thing you know Mm -hmm. how he'd taken it off and well this chapter kind of reveals why I was harping on that yeah a little it does a little bit did i because i i got the part where um like obviously mr wolf asks him you know where's the amulet he says i have it and this is all after they like brought him back to remember like okay i know who you guys are Mm -hmm. and so that they ask him and that he mentions that he took it off to take a shower or a bath and they said no you never take it off we told you never to take it off yeah, and so then, that, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, but he sees, I, I'm interested in the part where he notices that Aunt Paul's, what is it, a medallion mm-hmm. or, or a necklace has, a has an owl mm-hmm. and Wolf's has the wolf and that's who they turn into. Yes. And Garion's is described as like a strange design. Yes. It's not an animal of any kind. No, so, it's not. That caught my attention because I'm like, okay, well, then what does that mean for him? Yes. It's obviously something bigger than just the, the ability to turn into an animal. That's in- entirely possible. Um, mm-hmm. May I even say probable? Yeah. That's but what I you get. <laughs> but I do like the way they break the spell by putting his hand with yeah. the mark on it, the, the birthmark on the white lock of Aunt Paul's hair. Mm-hmm. And everything just, oh, the spell just totally drops away and breaks. And he's like, oh, yeah, he knows everyone again. It's just, it's gone. I love that. There's has been one other moment where she does that, right? When the, in the first book, when he's still really little. Yes. Opens the, the window app. in his mind. Okay. And he can see, he could see like um, into into like her her mind or something opened a window in her mind mm-hmm. and he could see different things okay but and then when he was try asking questions about his parents remember he tried to touch her hair and she said don't do that mm-hmm. and it's because like he knew that that was going to do something special like create this connection between them i really do like that connected sort of thing and then the, yeah. the way that straight after that they have this really kind of affectionate moment where he lets he gets hugged and he doesn't feel at all embarrassed like you know a teenage boy might feel embarrassed amongst a group of people. Yeah, he's just in a state of relief. You know, it overwhelms him. Yeah, to go from that state of like terror to mm. just be like, oh, I am safe. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it 
So Wolf and, and Polgara take their amulets out and show Garion. And as you said, Pol has the owl and then Wolf has a wolf. Mm-hmm. And doesn't, um, don't they do something to the amulet? Yes. They, they look at it and so this they're is, fixing something, like his connection to it or something like that. Well, they all get together and so they put his, he, he's holding the amulet and then they each put one of their hands on their own amulets and then over his hand and they show him an old man. But he sees sees an image of an old man in a tower in a room with a fire in the fireplace that has no wood burning, but the fire is burning. So did you, did you, what did you think about this? I mean, it was so quick. I couldn't think too much about it, but I know Wolf says it's his, his master. Yes. And I feel like we've already heard about this person before. I don't yes. remember his name. Aldur. But okay, Aldur. Because I don't say his name here. No. Um, so it's interesting why they would show him that man. And maybe he had some part in correcting what went wrong with when Amulet when when Garion took the the necklace off. Okay, so Aldur is a god. Uh-huh. Aldur's orb, orb of Aldur. Okay. Is Wolf's master. He's a disciple uh-huh. of Aldur. Yeah. So Aldur's a god. So that that's the kind of power. So it's not just a man, an mm-hmm. old man. It looks like an old man, but it's a god. He's a god. So. That's the that's the power. So that this the overwhelming love that consumes Garion when he has this vision of the of Aldur of the old man. It's like a, a spiritual experience, you might say. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, there's a lot going on in that moment when he saw him. Like I think he. The way I see it, like the way my mind works, is that I envision it as Garion sees this man, he feels that peace, that calm. And I think there's also some work being done by Aldor at that moment to Garion, like whether it was correcting whatever happened when he broke the, the necklace away from his body or, or something, but and maybe even strengthening the bond between the three of them wolf pole and, and gary and or something. oh i definitely think there's something like that going on there yeah. yeah so i love that i keep wanting to call it an amulet because in my books there's amulets i think he calls <laughs> so them i say i think he calls them medallions right medallion the word keeps slipping my mind and i replace it with amulet so i apologize i guess i guess medallion because it's a, a disc a yeah. sort of disc on a chain that each of them have with a different image. Right. And then they all, they all stop. Um, and Garion see, Garion uh, asks Dernick about a bird that he can see. Like, what bird is that? You know, just because he's trying to get himself out of this, you know, <laughs> mood. Move on. <laughs> move on from all that. Trying to move on, people. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then Dernick, uh, he thinks it's a raven. Um, and Garen agrees. Like, that's what I thought it was. So it, they, they start to feel like it's been watching them. And so Aunt Pole, or, or Mr. Wolf, I think, suggests her Aunt Pole to, like, check it out. Mm-hmm. And then she does some stuff with her, like, vision. And she figures out that it's Chamdar. Mm-hmm. So right. she, That's... they do this. They do this like stretching out with their mind kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, right? So like, it's like she's like stretches her mind out to to feel the mind of the bird, and <laughs> works out that it's not a bird. It's cha- well, it's a bird, but it's Chamdar, you know, either in the bird or maybe he's transformed into a bird. I I don't know, but. It's like either he would be able to transform just like they do, or he has the ability to warg into animals. I think that is like, 
You know what I think that I think it's like a possession thing. So it'd be more like he's warging into the bird. Like he's I don't know what warging, I don't know what warging is, but it's like his mind is in there seeing what the bird's seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, so he's spying on them through the bird by, yeah, by being somewhere else, but putting his awareness into what the bird's seeing. Yeah, that's what warging is. Oh, okay. So that's that's what he's doing. Which story um, is that from? That term? It's uh, Game of Thrones. Or okay. Song of Ice and Fire. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting though, the way she stretches her mind. And then I thought it was funny, like it's almost instinctual for Garion to like he senses she's doing it. Yes. And then he starts to just do it too. Like it's just, oh, let me try that. <laughs> and it's like he just doesn't even think twice about it and he just starts doing it and then she's like slap basically gives him a slap on the hand it's like stop that don't do that <laughs> and then wolf gives him a little just... secret wink like oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny again that, that, that difference in the way that the two of them react to what gary does yeah wolf is always kind of like you go you go do that and aunt pole is just like knock that off (laughs) yeah that was funny so and so she's sort of she's sort of like stretching her hands like i'll go and take care of this and wolf's like no 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 your feathers are too soft they do it a different way and he spots a bird of prey like way way out and she does the possession thing. So she stretches out with her mind and possesses the eagle and just plummets and, you know, yeah. uh, strikes at that raven who shits itself and flies away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good scene. I like that. Um, yeah, and the thing that, something that I did want to discuss in this chapter is there are a couple of times and it's it does, it rank it's, under my skin a little bit I don't it annoys me a couple of times in this chapter Paul says to Dernick when he says something like how did you do that she says do you really want to know and he sort of goes oh with a shiver and like oh just looks away or maybe not really and that really bugs me the way that I don't know. And I'm not, I've been trying to work out why it bugs me so much, but it really does. Yeah. I was going to say, what is it about that? That bugs like, you? The way you know he's what, reacting? You know, no, you know what it might be? It might be because I really, it makes me, I don't know. I find it very unnecessary that people who work with energy, energy workers, make themselves out to be some kind of mysterious force unto themselves that do something that nobody else can do. Mm. I'm an energy worker. I teach other people to work with their own energy and energies in general. It is something that everybody possesses the power to do. It is not a mysterious thing. It does not require someone to grant you the power. And now you have a certificate so, and now you can do this thing because this secret thing has been unlocked within you. No, sometimes people, you know, you can, you can have a mentor and people can have it. You can have it explained to you in a way that you understand and go, Oh, okay. But there is no mysterious force being transmitted bet- from me to my student, which suddenly mm-hmm. allows them to do this thing. They have always had the power to do this thing. They always will have the power to do this thing. Yeah, okay, this is exactly what pisses me off, this thing. <laughs> you really want to know. So, yeah, so what really kind of bothers you about this is the way Paul is almost sitting up on a high horse right there and, and, and telling Dernick, like, do you really want to know why I'm so special? Like, well, really just the know? just the making it out to be, I don't know, something supernatural that's to be feared. Or... Well, yeah, yeah, and and there is that as well, which is a, a different to what I was talking about before. But yes, that as well. It's, it's supernatural, therefore, um, ordinary people can't cope with it or under mm-hmm. can't understand it, or you know, yeah. That I think, and that's a very real world kind of annoyances. They're really real world annoyances for me. And thanks for helping me talk through it because I couldn't work out why the <laughs> hell it was annoying me so much. <laughs> yeah. 
That makes sense. As I'm beginning to explore my own energy work and the power that I have, mm-hmm. and you're talking about Aunt Pole with the way she stretches her mind, like, not that I'm doing that, but there's other things like the power of our mind that we have mm-hmm. and understanding what that really means and then realizing that, okay, but now I'm the only one in my immediate circle of family and friends that believes and feels all of this. And so now it's like, I didn't, I'm not going to talk to them about it. They're going to, they're going to call me crazy. And you know, you know what, you know what, as you say that, uh, I understand that for her, it is a valid question. Do you really want to know? So it's it like, I'm putting my own, slant on it i'm putting my own voice in her mouth or voices that i have heard (laughs) of people that annoy me in her mouth but it could just be a simple do you really want to know yeah are you ready to hear the answer because you're Mm going to think i'm crazy Mm -hmm. huh gee i love how i can make two two sides of the argument and totally be into each side yeah, well, that's what's so cool about this stuff is we each are bringing our own perspective into the character and into yeah. the story. And so it gets people talking when we actually get into it. Exactly. And that's the, yes, I love this show. <laughs> I love it. Me too. <laughs> okay. And then they talk, they, they talk about um, where they're going next. And Wolf um, says that he can pick up the trail to follow the orb after they cross over into Tolnidra, which is where they're heading towards south. Look at your maps again, people. Um, but first he wants to stop and have a chat with King Korodulin, who is the king of Arendia. And there's a discussion about the fact that he has the same name as the original king. And they sort of explain that all the kings are named Korodulin, all the queens are named Maya Sarana. And it's part of this this thing that stops the country from flying apart because they've got the Membrates and the Asturians and they're all, you know, hating on each other and shit. And then they have a little talk about um, Chamdar. Um, did you understand all of this about how he fits into the Grolem hierarchy? Like, is that all pretty clear to you? Yeah, so I got that he's like, he wants to become like Zadar, like on, on his level, right? But he's right now kind of just in a way an apprentice of sorts that's just trying to i think the way it's described is like he's a bit of a wannabe he's a grolem high priest whereas zeta and chuchik are torek's disciples okay in the same way that belgareth is aldur's disciple and chamdar wants to be a disciple as well but he's pretty much always worked for chuchik um but just wants a bit more now Right. And he thinks by if he can be the one to stop or capture Garion that it's gonna like bump him up on the... I think that's the idea. I think that's the 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 thing. Like if he brings Garion to Torak or mm-hmm. stops him or or Pol maybe brings Pol, I'm not sure. Has it been mentioned? Can you remember? I don't think so. I don't wanna do spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, so we, yeah, we get to... that little bit of okay. history. And then the comment about um, Torak's body was interesting. Mm-hmm. How so? Oh, maybe I'm thinking of another story. Well, there That's are weird. a couple of places that are mentioned in here that are new places, like Rakthol mm-hmm. is a place, is a Grolem um, city, because Silk wants to know, is Torak's body at Rakthol? Because that's where Chemdar is high priest. Okay. At the temple at Rakthol. But Mr. Orson, like, well, nobody knows for sure. Yeah. And it does, but he doesn't think that he's there. Right. I must have been crossing it over with something else I read. That was yeah. weird. Because so it's are, not there, there when I thought. So the, the, the places, the, the, the places that are mentioned that are new places are Rakthol, Malaria and Tholmurgos, which may have been mentioned before, but they're all um, Murgo um, dwell. That's where Murgos live. Okay. Um, so 
just so that you know. And then the other place that's mentioned is Vomimbre, which we've already talked yep. about, but that's where, they, that's where the king and queen live and that's where they're heading to. Yeah, so they get back on the road. The other interesting thing about this is Garion wants to know, he sort of starts to talk to Wolf about um, why Chamda is picking on him out mm-hmm. of the group. Yeah. You know, why'd he pick me? Couldn't he done the same thing to, to one of the others? And then and Gary and Mr. Wolf sort of skirts around it, you know, oh, you're young, you're susceptible. And Gary just picks right up on it and sort of calls him out. That's not really the reason. And mm-hmm. Wolf's like, yeah, well, no, but um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> Gary has yeah. a sulk about that. Probably the next thing that happens that's interesting is the the woman that they meet along the way. Yeah. Well, they don't actually meet, but they see and Mandar Allen rides up to meet. So I'll yeah, talk yeah, about that, this. That was um, the interesting part of this whole story to me. It was Dernick's reactions to it. Oh, like, I we know. Learned, oh, God, we, love him. We learned that, like, Mandar Allen used to be at this castle like his I don't remember all the details that's fine but he was there at this castle and um, this woman was married to was he a king or a lord or something no so Mandarin was apprenticed to um, Belgareth apprenticed Mandarin to um, the, the Duke of Vomander the Duke yeah so this woman was married to the Duke yes right? after Mandarin had been there for a long time and the wife was a lot younger than the Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Duke was like a father to Mandarin. Right. So and it seems like a romance blossomed between these two younger ones, yeah. but nothing ever happened. They no. never acted on it. No. And Mandarin left before yes. anything could happen because he was honorable, right? And yes. And so Wolf is like, yes, a thousand horrendish virgins cry themselves to sleep every night over this story (laughs) (laughs) and and the other interesting thing is how silk reacts to uh finding the story yeah silk almost he almost is like i'm glad i'm not the only one is what I feel like he feels because he yeah. fell in love with the woman who's married to somebody else. Well, to his uncle, the queen. Yeah. Yeah. And he's almost like uh, supportive of this idea because he knows what it feels like. Mm. It's, not, it's not an easy experience to live, yeah. I'd imagine. Oh, that's a, that's a really beautiful... Um, that's really squishy and soft. <laughs> I was of the opinion that Silk thought it brought Mandarin down a peg or two to his level. Yeah. Like, oh, he's not all that. You know, he's had the mm-hmm. bad taste to fall in love with someone else's wife. But I think it's yeah. to do with his own, the way it's that probably, he feels about himself. Yeah. It's probably like all of it mixed together. Yeah. Because, yeah, it does bring him down a little bit, but then Silk knows in his heart he's done the same thing. So, yes. They've got this connection. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then you were saying about Dernick? Yeah, he just seems to get really upset as they continue to talk about it. He just chimes in of like, oh, my God, like who would do that? Nobody respectable would act that way, you know, and he's just getting all huffy over it. And I'm not sure why. I think I that it's partially just... because he's Sundarian. I think that's part of the personality, perhaps. But mm-hmm. perhaps it's just part of Dernick. He's very, he's very straight-laced. Our beautiful Dernick yeah. is very straight-laced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he seemed to be taking it so personal. Mm. Uh, it was just kind of like, wow, yeah, it is calm like down a, yeah. a little bit. It has but, nothing um, to do with you. But Paul is like, no, 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 their behavior is above reproach. She, she's like, no, as long as they don't act on it, it's no shame in it. And um, it's funny. Yeah. Wolf is like, yeah, you're never going to convince her that they do about, about it, Dernick. She's spent far too long with <laughs> the Wackite Arena. Westside, West, Every time I go to say this, I never know. Westside or Wackite Arena? What do you say when you read it? What? In Where your is head. that? <laughs> How is it spelled? W A C I T E arends. 
So do you remember that ruin that they were at a few chapters ago at the start of the book? Yeah. Vowacoon? Yeah. So based on the fact that we've called that Vowacoon and it sounds really weird to say Vowasoon because that's just, what's that? It sounds like some sort of very strange musical instrument. Vowacoon, Wackite. So I would say I have always said Wackite, Arends, but... That's W-A-C-I-T-E. W-A-C-I-T-E. Yeah, Wackite. Okay, good. We've made a decision. I don't know what that means. Bang my gavel. See, I just did it again. (laughs) It's chronic. Wackite events. They were the people who lived in, they were the third people who lived in in, um, Arendia. But we're wiped out. We don't, we've, we don't, they're not really in this story. There's only the, the yeah. Membrates and the Asturians there now. <clears throat> but that's a little bit of Polgara's backstory. She spent a long time there with them. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why she really, really enjoys um, Mandarin's attentions and the way that he behaves. Is that that place, the Voakun, that is who who is it connected to that place that was the ruin when the when the story started that was the ruined city they were in yeah but what people what people is it connected to like the wackite the wackite arends okay who aren't they don't exist anymore okay yeah makes sense but yeah, I've got, I got a little bit of that connection with Aunt Paul here, mm-hmm. back to that moment when she was being all like sentimental mm-hmm. in that back there. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, like remembering when it was alive and thriving and yes. used to be there. Yeah. Okay, cool. And do you find it uh, like um, because of the way she is, like she's so uh, stiff and almost unfeeling sometimes and then it's contrasted with this really romantic picture of her yeah I think that's I I love I love those kind of um real contrasts in a person Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel like she is so stern and everything now because she no longer has that whatever she's missing Mm -hmm. and it's her way of staying strong in a way Oh, I can't wait to read all of these books with you. Yay. <laughs> um, yep. So then they, they continue on and they, they <laughs> the, other, the other part of this chapter that I really like is where they stop just before they get to um, Vomimbra. And yeah. the wolf's like, yes, we'll, we'll change into something more respectable because, you know, membranes are very touchy and he sort of gives them a bit of, a, tries to give them a bit of a lecture about, you know, you have to be careful of what you say because they're very formal and anything can be taken as a challenge. And I'll let you talk about the way Aunt Paul is here and what she does. Yeah, well, she mentions that they should go down to the river and clean up and be presentable and, you know, because where they're going, everybody is very presentable. And um, they, they're, they're washing up, but she, she pulls out this white robe mm-hmm. that um, I guess this has been shoved in his pack this whole time. So I can't imagine. Well, it's, it's the one that, um, so it's the one that the, uh, Fulrak gave him way back in the first book when they first arrived at the first king, like the first with the first king mm-hmm. and they all had to change. And he was like, so pissed off that they dressed him in this snowy white deeply cowled robe (laughs) (laughs) yeah so they have an argument about it he's being like a little a little boy that's like i'm not wearing that as a fit but she's like we both know that you're going to be wearing this by the end of it so just put it on (laughs) (laughs) oh so that's funny and then that's then they they're all changed into their uh, respective armors and doublets and beautiful clothes. And, and then yeah. they head off, they crest the hill overlooking the plain, which slopes down to the gates of Vomimbra. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah. We're finally there. So did you enjoy the chapter? <laughs> yeah, I did. 
I thought, I, I know that it's not easy to write chapters of a company being on the road mm-hmm. um, because you got to make it things still interesting. And I think that he did. So I enjoyed it. Do you feel like you're, starting, you're getting to know the characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely the main three or four, no, five. Because Silk, Dernick, Pole, Wolf, and Garion, I feel like I know them. Okay. Really well at this yeah. point. Yeah, Barak and Hetar are kind of, there's not that, Barak hasn't really been involved in much yet. This yeah. Book. Yeah. And that's, that's the tricky thing is, is, do you know, I always wonder when I'm writing it, like, am, is there a reason that he's just sitting there in the background not contributing? Or is it just because it's too hard to... You know have that I, many people involved in conversations. You know what I think? I think we're getting to know the characters in stages. And so when they are, like, they, they all have their turn at being highlighted. So in the last, in the second half of the last book, Barak was highlighted. Mm-hmm. And in the first half of this book, we've met, we've had um, Leldoran and Mandarellen. Yeah. And a little bit of Hetar, like we've gotten to know Hetar a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, th- I think there's nothing really here to highlight Barak. And we know him from the last book. Like we got to really see his character and what he's like yeah. there. So yeah. I guess it's a case of doing what's appropriate at the appropriate moment. Right. Same with Silk because there's a lot of Silk in the first book. We got to look, see him teach Gary in the finger language and all mm. that and I mean but even now in the in the just when they got changed into their um like pretty steadily we get to know really specific aspects of Silk's character like the way that he responded when he found out that Mandra Allen had fallen in love with someone else's wife the way right. you know the way that he's so self-depreciating um like sardonic and mm-hmm. the way that he 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 some of the people got changed and felt uncomfortable in their finery to go down into Bomimba, but he kind of, you know, wore his with a, like an exuberant flourish, you know, his <laughs> velvet cap and, and yeah, you know, so I think just, just little things like that for Silk, I think has been fairly consistent through the thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so what's your magic for the chapter? Let's see my magic. Oh, I put the moment that Paul, uh, the term I use, that Paul wargs into the larger bird and attacks Chamdar. I thought that was pretty cool. You so know, just be able to reach that far away and like take control of this bird. Absolutely. So we're going to change warging to stretching her mind out because we need to use the language of the book that we're reading. I okay. think. Let's be faithful to the Belgariad, <laughs> you little booky tramp, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, I just I'll assumed, get... Oh, I you just assumed warging was the term. Like, I just I didn't no. know it was specific to Game of Thrones. Well, I get confused when I hear you say it because I think of the beasts from the Lord of the Rings that the... Um, the orcs rise wargs yeah w-a-r-g mm-hmm. but when but when i hear warg warging warging i'm like what, what? i get like <laughs> i'm trying to where was the beast there was no beast i'm not sure what you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah yeah it makes sense yeah but i guess you- i don't know <laughs> i know the term's been used in other fantasy i just don't know what but ah it's fine we don't have to use the term here <laughs> Stretching the mind. No, you'll confuse me. I'll get confused. Okay. Uh, So my magic was I really, like, here we go, Sandra with the shadow again. I really liked at the start of the chapter where Garion was really consumed by the shadow of fear and everything was kind of thrown into, um, what's the film when the negative, like everything seemed to be have been thrown into the negative. Mm -hmm you know, the things that were good and friendly had suddenly become you yeah. know, evil and, 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 and fearful. And so I really liked how that was so complete and so thorough 
and then the release of the spell by him reconnecting with Aunt Paul mm -hmm. and touching that white lock in her hair. I really, really like that part. That's my magic. Yeah. It's a good moment, yeah. How about for real life relating? What was your, what did you relate to in this chapter? Well, they're continuing on from that, the magic that I liked. Um, was when my um, older daughter was very young and she had night terrors. And so I would have to sit with her until she woke because I couldn't wake her. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't wake. And her eye, she, she was, she was, she was caught in, in this terrible place where and her eyes would be open, but she would just be terrified and screaming and, and she she wanted like she you wanted to comfort her i wanted to comfort her she wanted to be comforted but she didn't really want to be touched and so i would have to kind of try and stop her from hurting herself from hitting against the wall and mm -hmm. and just be with her until she woke up and then be there to comfort her because she would be so upset and not understand why she was so upset once she was awake yeah, it's got to be hard. Oh, it's, it's so that, um, and maybe that's why I like that part of the magic so much. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's my real life she, relating. <laughs> she doesn't have them now that she's older? Um, no, she hasn't. She didn't have them. I did a little bit of magic myself and she mm. stopped having them. Oh, good. Did I mention I'm a witch? <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you're able to help her with that. Yeah, I can imagine that's an awful thing to go through. So yeah, I, I did. I went, I'll stop being so vague. I did some dream work with her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as an, I mentioned earlier that I'm an energy worker. This is just a type of energy work. It's, you know, different traditions call it different things. You know, people have shamanic journey. The me the meditation that journeys that I guide are very shamanic. There's lots of symbolism and stuff in them. Um, yeah. So I just did some did some work where I went in and talked to her guides, her angels. You know, whatever you would like to call them. Just mm -hmm. went in and and to to find out what she needed. And um, we were able to stop it. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. I just started looking into um, uh, hypnotism mm -hmm. for, for my sleep, like to listen to something as I'm falling asleep to help with not just anxiety, but with my own dreams. Yep. Um, and I found some good stuff. So I, I'm curious to see if it helps. Excellent. I'm curious to find out how that goes for you. I know that Hanukkah's yeah. used by neural beats a little bit when she was having mm -hmm. trouble sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I believe in that stuff. I know. Well, by neural beats, that's just a scientific thing. It's a diff the different yeah. wave, yeah. like different frequencies in each ear, and then the brain equalizes. Mm -hmm. And that's the, I mean, that's how. That's as much as I understand. Hanukkah understands a lot more. She's a sound engineer, but, um, you know, it's very interesting the way that, um, that that works. But hypnotism for sure. Yeah. Have you started it yet? I did one last night and I Had fell asleep. asleep to it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't for dreams last night or sleep, but I did the one for anxiety. Because it's during the daytime and my waking hours, I know I'm still carrying this anxiety, even though I'm... I'm mentally feeling better. I can yes. still sense anxiety in there. So I just want to like release that. So I did that one last night. I think tonight I'll try the dream one. Okay. See. Okay. But cool. I, I chose for my real life relating the, the moment with between Garion and Mr. Wolf, when Garion's asking him, why did the, the Chamdar choose me? Mm -hmm. And Mr. Wolf tries to tell him that it's just because he's young, and, <laughs> you know, easy yeah. to get to. Yeah, uh, but Gary knows that that's not the truth, and there's more to it. Mm. But Mr. Wolf won't tell him, and yep. so like I've had that feeling a lot with one person specifically who's no longer in my life. So that that helps. <laughs> it's not constant. Like I know 
you know more than you're telling me, but you just don't want to tell me. Yeah. And no matter how much I tried to like, I know, just tell me all of it. They would not. So that's a frustrating feeling. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hear you. That's fine. All right. So next up, prophecy speaks. Yeah. have a fun one this time i do i do so my question this week is should we have our wedding party at home or at our friend's property now i'm trying not to have my mind made up but i kind of had a little think about it today so we'll see what prophecy tells me and the book i'm using is called memoirs of a geisha by arthur golden and it's, I just yeah. grabbed a book from my to be read pile. <laughs> yeah. I've seen the movie. Oh, I haven't. I haven't read the so. book. It's this beautiful, like, it's a second, we go to the secondhand book markets every autumn. They have, sec, they have like two a year that we go to. And the one in autumn is coming up. And this book is like soft and old, and the pages are like, Wonk, like dog-eared and oh, mm-hmm. I, someone has read this and read this and read this and loved it and I just love that about I love that about secondhand books yeah okay so wedding party at home or at our friend's property stand up a moment he told me I didn't dare disobey him though I had no idea what he wanted. As it turned out, all he did was take a handkerchief from his pocket to wipe away the grit that had stuck to my face from the top of the stone wall. Standing so close before him, I could smell the odour of talc on his smooth skin, which made me recall the day when the the Emperor Taisho's nephew had come to our little fishing village. He'd done nothing more than step out of his car and walk to the inlet and back, nodding to the crowds that knelt before him, wearing a Western-style business suit, the first I'd ever seen, for it picked at him, even though I wasn't supposed to. I remember, too, that his moustache was carefully groomed, unlike the hair on the faces of the men in our village, which grew unattended like weeds along a path. No one of any importance had ever been to our village before that day. I think we all felt touched by noble nobility and greatness. Occasionally in life, we come upon things we can't understand because we have never seen anything similar. The emperor's nephew certainly struck me that way, and so did the chairman. When he had wiped away the grit and tears from my face, he tipped my head up. Here you are, a beautiful girl. With nothing on earth to be ashamed of, he said, and yet you're afraid to look at me. Someone has been cruel to you, or perhaps life has been cruel. Okay, so I wondered if I was going to if I was going to get anything. That last sentence mm-hmm. gave it to me. What is it in the last sentence? Here you are, a beautiful girl with nothing on earth to be ashamed of. He said, and I would love to have a party at home, but I don't think yeah. that it's a good enough. It won't, I don't think it'll be good enough. I think it needs to be more special. Like mm. what I have is not good enough. Right. Because the home is where you guys have built your life together. Yeah. And that's more than good enough. Oh, I'm going to cry. Yep. And you're afraid to look at me. Someone has been cruel to you or perhaps life has been cruel. Let me just not cry. Okay. Okay. So. Is that in line? Hey. Is that in line with what you were thinking of doing earlier? Yes. I want to have the party here at home, but I didn't know if it would be good enough because, um, 
I've never been someone who was praised for how she kept her home mm. before or and that's a big deal for me like now I'm I like being at home I didn't yeah. like being at home before so I did everything I could to not be there mm-hmm. but now I like being here I like making it nice and fiddling around and yeah oh, I'm really feeling very emotional so well shit <laughs> okay <laughs> that's good now you can embrace it and know that having it at home is perfect for you guys I mean that's yeah. that's how I would envision it just from what I know you know from this time we've had together yeah and especially that like I've seen pictures of that yard in the back it's so nice <laughs> it's and yeah it's like it is a beautiful space yeah and we so have enough room it's not going to be a huge party it's only going to be about 20 people so yeah yeah there you go thanks um for mine i oh just to do a quick check-in i don't know if we're still doing that but last well, I, week didn't, I didn't i didn't do it this week because there's not there wasn't anything to check in on for me yeah i was gonna say i didn't um mine i was asking like how to have more fun and joy and all of that and mm-hmm. then i just was so focused on like i'm finishing my book i'm finishing my book i mean i guess that was my joy but i was really focused so mm-hmm. it wasn't really like what i expected but this week i want to just know <laughs> with my book done and i feel so excited and i know i'm gonna take a week off from writing at all um and just do other things so what what can I do first though, before I do all that is what can I do to celebrate this thing? Because I don't ever take time to celebrate stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm using uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire because this is like my all time favorite book. You ever. won't believe it. I'm listening to that on, um, on audio book at the moment. Well, I crochet. Really? Yep. <laughs> I haven't read it in so long, but I remember this one. It just, I loved every second of it. So well, I've just finished perfect. it, so. Yeah. And it's the, it's the first book that literally made me cry because at the end, you know, Cedric Diggory. I think it's okay to say spoilers at this point. Yeah, I think later. so. <laughs> but when he dies, when Voldemort kills him, that was the first time I ever cried reading a book. And that's, that's when I knew Harry Potter was going to change me. Well, you, you know, know when I cry? In that book, right in the in the hospital wing, when Mrs. Weasley leans over to hug Harry when he's starting to cry, yeah, that's when I cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's those moments too, definitely. Okay, so let's see what I get. What can I do to celebrate? He's going up to the castle with her," said Hermione indignantly. "I thought he was waiting for us." Without so much as a backward glance at his cabin, Hagrid was trudging off up the grounds with Madame Maxine. Oh, I'm going to butcher the word. The Bobaton student following in their wake, jogging to keep up with their enormous strides. He fancies her, said Ron incredulously. Well, if they end up having children, they'll be setting a world record. Bet any baby of theirs would would weigh a ton. They let themselves out of the cabin and shut the door behind them. It was surprisingly dark outside. Drawing their cloaks more closely around themselves, they set off up the sloping lawns. Oh, it's them. Look, Hermione whispered. The Durham String Party was walking up toward the castle from the lake. Victor Crumb was walking side by side with Karkaroff, and the other Durham String students were straggling along behind them. Ron watched Crumb excitedly, but Crumb did not look around as he reached the front doors a little ahead of Hermione, Ron and Harry, and proceeded through them. When they entered the candlelit Great Hall, it was almost full. The goblet of fire had been moved. It was now standing in front of Dumbledore's empty chair at the teacher's table. Fred and George, clean-shaven again, seemed to have taken their disappointment fairly well. Um, yeah, I'll just stop there. That's like the whole page. 
So I don't, I don't see anything like specifically that jumps out at me other than like, I just really enjoyed reading this. <laughs> um, maybe I should just read Harry Potter again. Yay. <laughs> you got a whole so week. Like, you could totally read Harry Potter. Yeah. Just like nonstop one books one through seven. <laughs> Like just have a binge fest and do something like that because you just love to do it and there was no way that you would do that if you were working. Yeah, it's been a long time since I read them. Let yourself so. enjoy it. That is your celebration. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Great. I'm it. excited for you because I've just <laughs> done that. I've just done books from the start and I've, I've just finished. I've just started... Um, uh, the one after Goblet of Fire, the, the Order of the Phoenix. I just started Order of the Phoenix today. Okay. Yeah, I think I should do that because I think it'd be a great space break between my two books writing them mm-hmm. and then to like dive back into my world of story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and you be... need to read stuff that's not that like you need to read fiction. Yeah. More fiction in our all lives. I, all I've been reading is like spiritual books like, yeah. lately. Because I love those. But. Like you, you can see from our conversations that there is spiritual shit in all, in everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I see it. And now when I watch, I like be sitting because uh, our family, especially Nathan, loves the Marvel's Marvel movies. <gasps> yeah, they're great. He has End, Avengers Endgame on like every other day. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen um, that one. Oh, it's so good. It made me cry. It's, oh, it's okay. Don't tell me. But it's good. So I'll be watching like those movies and I've gotten obsessed with them now. I am sitting there watching those movies and I'm just like, I'll get these chills because I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I see the connection. I see yeah. it. Yep, yep. It's all connected. We're all connected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just have to have my like private inward nerd out over it because they're not there ready. You go. For I mean, I you wanted a celebration. Yet. There's your celebration. Yeah. I'm excited now. What's your prediction for next week? Okay. So they're, they're, they're finally arriving at Beaumembre. I think um, there's going to be some interesting things that happen here. Like, especially with Garion, he's already got this kind of perspective of the Membre, so he doesn't like. So how he's going to interact, I think, is going to bring about something. Like, whether it is that he, he decides I don't like them, I hate them, and I'm going to make things miserable for them. Or maybe he's going to, like, open up to their lifestyle and be like, oh, that makes sense to me now. Okay, cool. So we are all the way at the end of the show. It's your job to choose a hashtag today. Well, I put one in there. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, no white robe. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Let me just copy that. Thought it was fitting. Absolutely. So you can uh, contact us if you want to talk about this chapter and you're a fan with the hashtag no white robe on any of our social media places. You can find all of the stuff, all of the places to go at our website, which is belgariadandbeyond.goddesskindle.com. And that will be in the show notes and all of the other details will be in the show notes too. But you can find out more stuff in the show notes on the website than just the show notes underneath, um, like inside your podcatcher. I put extra, we put extra stuff in there, videos sometimes and photos and maps and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this week I would like to read a review that one of our listeners put on our Facebook page. Um, Dawn, beautiful Dawn, who has been with us from the beginning and has been so excited along with us all the way through. Um, And Dawn writes, I'm a long-time fan of the Belgariad and was delighted to find this podcast. I love the comparison between the hosts, one of whom is a long-time fan like me 
and the other is reading the books for the first time. It's given me a new insight to the stories I know so well. The hosts, Sandra and Alicia, have a strong relationship and I appreciate the inclusiveness of their chat. Mm. And we appreciate you, Dawn, really. Um, it's much. so lovely to have you along for the ride. Like, yeah. um, I'm glad that you love it as much as we do. Yeah, we're very, very grateful for your support and participation. Yeah, as I do see, even though I'm not on Facebook as much as Sandra, I do see I'll pop in and kind of just check all the updates. So then I see a lot of Dawn, Michael Garrett, <laughs> and beyond. And I'll, <laughs> <here's> again. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you would like to um, leave a review where you listen to the podcast or on our Facebook page, like leave a, I think they're called recommendations on Facebook. Or go through to Apple Podcasts and put a, a review in there. Um, you know, maybe we can actually get a listenership um, yeah. who love us as much as you do. Because this is a very particular kind of show. And I think it's one of those ones that you either love or you just uh, think, oh, maybe I'll listen to that one day, but don't ever get around to it. Like, I have some shows like that. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think it is. It is very niched down, this show, but that's that's perfect because yeah. it's who we are and we're not supposed to be for everybody. So yeah. for those who we are for, we want them to be able to find us so that yeah. they know there's more of us out here. <laughs> so come on, geeky, nerdy people, love beautiful people. Go and put all of that lovely geekiness on the screen so that other wonderful people can find us too uh, and that's it for this week that's it i'm done thanks alicia i really enjoyed this conversation i did too had a lot a lot of insight for me okay see you next week everyone bye Hey, nice, nice episode, babe. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I liked, I liked that it's, it's becoming more now. And I think it's a mixture of the story is getting much more involved in the Bulgariad. A combination of that. And obviously we are getting much, much closer the longer we're together. Yeah. And so it's a lot easier now to like tie ourselves into the stories and make yeah. it relatable. I love that.